0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon. This is your host, Chuck Morse, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, <clears throat> Excuse me. right here in Boston, Massachusetts, the cradle of liberty, the Athens of America, the shining city on the hill. We've got uh, Dr. Okhtar Babuna coming on. He's calling in from Istanbul, hopefully shortly, uh, in Turkey. Dr. Babuna is an activist on behalf of Creationism. He's an opponent of Darwinism. He is talking in the Middle East about uh, the influence of uh, Darwinism and materialism, as he says, on Islam, which he contends is a negative thing. Uh, he came to my attention mainly because of my book, my book, my book, my book, available on Amazon Kindle, The Monkey Trial: Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age. Check it out. It's available there. It's a book. It's all it has almost. How many words? Uh, Almost 100,000 words. I worked very hard on this book. It took me well over a year to write this. And the thesis is one that I think resonates with uh, Dr. Babuna, who is actually going out and making speeches and uh, getting heckled and stirring people up, both in in Turkey, apparently, and um, in the Middle East and in Europe. I believe that uh, he is with us now. Dr. Babuna, how are you this afternoon?
0: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure and honor to be with you.
1: Thank you, you hey. sir. Very well. Thank you for joining me. Um, I Thank was you. looking at I was looking at some of your uh, YouTube videos, and I have to I admire your courage. You're out there speaking on this issue, but quite publicly, and you're taking both brickbats and praise for doing so. And it's a uh, it's not an easy issue to talk about, is it? Thank
0: you very much. Yes.
1: <laughs> the um, you know wh- I- I'm just curious with regard to why this is a controversy in Islam at this point, because uh, I didn't realize that um, the theory of evolution had such an impact in the Islamic countries.
0: Well, uh, Darwinism is being studied in all the schools throughout the Islamic world, including Turkey, and unidirectionally, uh, and without giving any scientific evidence which falsifies Darwinism. So um, in that sense, uh, 99% of the people in the world in the 20th century believe in Darwinism as a, like right. a scientific fact, however... Uh, Scientific evidence is falsifies Darwinism, and it should be taught in the schools, actually. For example, the impossibility of the proteins to emerge by chance, which falsifies Darwinism at the very beginning, uh, fundamentally. And also, that there are no transitional forms, and the, uh, the uh, fossil evidence falsifies Darwinism. In, in fact, there are 400 million fossils. They, know, they, they are never mentioned in the school uh, curriculum, actually, the school books. And the problem with Darwinism is it inevitably leads to violence and to terrorism. And, uh, and well, I want to get, to get into question.
1: that in a minute, and I entirely agree yeah. with you. But uh, your basic premise simply is that uh, the theory of evolution, there is not a shred of proof to back it up. So, therefore, the science of it is it's presented as absolute fact, but, in fact, it's a theory and it's a hypothesis, in my opinion. And, and that And your objection is that it is being taught as absolute scientific fact. And that people who disagree with it are attacked. And, and the same thing, probably, that happens in this country is, is happening in Turkey, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, actually, uh, evolution is falsified by Charles Darwin himself. If we look at the uh, in his book, Origin of Species, uh, and yeah. I'm going to uh, read a, a very short, a brief quote from uh, Please. Charles Darwin. And uh, Charles Darwin said in his book, Origin of Species, uh, if my theory be true, number of intermediate varieties linking most closely all of the species. Of the same group together must assure if it had existed. He says, "Evidence of evolution must have existed. Consequently, mm-hmm. evidence of their former existence could be found only among, fa- uh, among fossil remains. So, the, uh, the uh, evidence of evolution can only be found in the fossil remains." He says. But after right. that, he right. goes on. He says, while species have descended from other species by insensibly fine gradations? Do we not everywhere see innumerable transitional forms?" He says. If evolution is a fact and there is a success in my variations over billions of years, then why don't we see the transitional forms? But as by this year, number of transitional forms must have existed, he says. Why do we not find them embedded in countless that numbers across the of the Earth?
1: After so about a century clear. and a half of looking for it, and, you know, I, I found the same quote, which is in my book also, The Monkey Trial, in that Darwin himself says in his journal that there would have to at some point be some fossil evidence that there had been a transitional species. And, um, And there's not. I mean, it's it's been 150 years since the publication, over 150 years since the publication of Origin of Species in 1859, and there is still not a shred of evidence to prove that any one species evolves into a superior species or, as as the the saying is actually race, because the word species is just Latin for race. And that's what Darwin's theory is. It's a modern scientific race theory.
0: Yes. And uh, you're right. I mean, after 150 years, for example, Nice Eldridge, a very prominent dinosaur paleontologist, a museum curator, creator, as you know, he says yeah. the record jumps. That's where Nice that's Eldridge. The record jumps, and all the evidence shows that the record is real, he says. The gaps we see reflect real events in life's history, not the artifact of a poor fossil record. That's Nice Eldridge. Stephen Jogood, for example, he said the, fossil evidence, the fossils have two features, stasis, uh, they never change in their tenure on the earth. And the, uh, the second uh, feature of the fossil uh, evidence is sudden appearance. So that means, of course, creation, not evolution. Of yeah. course, if, yeah, God would create through evolution. We would have the evidence of this. We would be defender of evo- creation through evolution. But there is no evidence, no transitional forms. So why should we defend evolution? It is not a science.
1: Well, you know, the uh, the other thing is that I think that I know that Islam shares with Judaism and, and Christianity the belief that uh, we are created in the men and women, it says in the book of Genesis, are created in the image of God. And that sentiment was echoed in the American Declaration of Independence when Jefferson said that all men are created equal. That is something that, putting aside the science, which I think is there, the idea is that we we all are born equal, we all die equal, our souls are equal, we have equal rights under the law. And yet, if you if you accept the theory of evolution, you have to conclude that all men are not created equal, that we are all at different levels on the evolutionary chain, and that there are some people that are superior to others because of breeding, which is what the Darwinian theory is. It's a theory of breeding. Superior members of the alleged superior members of a species mate with other superior members, and then they give birth to superior generations, and then they proceed to kill out the inferior ones, which, of course, we could get into the politics of it. But uh, would I be correct to assume that Islam embraces that same idea as Judaism and Christianity?
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I can give you an evidence from the Quran, and Allah says in the Quran, I seek refuge in Allah from Satan. I created you as, uh, from a man and his wife and created you in nations and tribes. But Allah uh, goes on in the the words, uh, there is no superiority according to races, but there is uh, according to the sincerity, Allah says. So Allah created nations and tribes to know each other, Allah says. So we created, of course, there are, for example, Orientals, there are uh, African-Americans, there are uh, Eskimos, Aborigines, but just to know each other, it is just a color. There is no superiority according to race, according to the Quran, as it stated, and only to the sincerity, of course. The most sincere ones, the prophets, for example, more superior because of their sincerity, but not according to the race.
1: Well, that's right, and, and I think that the Islamic language in the Quran is almost identical to that in the Torah, and that we share this idea, which is contrary to the Darwinian view. I mean, the Darwinians in the late 19th century were shooting aboriginal people in in Australia and taking their skulls back to Laboratories to study them Because they believe that And Darwin said this in his second book The Descent of Man That the aboriginals were closer to the baboon Than they were to humans So you know, you know the, the only logical conclusion one could draw If they believe in the Darwinian theory The unproven Darwinian theory Is that we are not equal That we're all at different levels And this is where the politics comes in This is what you talk about This particularly interests me Dr. Babuna when you point out that uh, this is a, it's, it's a, it's a philosophy of violence of war, it is a philosophy that was the undergirding of both the Nazi socialist and the communist movements, in that they believed, and they believed it with all sincerity, that it was their job, in terms of the Nazis, to evolve the species by creating a superior species, one that they called the Ubermensch, and in order to do that, they had to um, breed superior members, the blonde, blue-eyed members, to give birth to superior species and at the same time isolate and eventually annihilate inferior members of the species who were contaminating the, the superior ones. And then, of course, Marx took the idea and ran with it and applied it to social organizations that we would evolve into, you know, first capitalism and then socialism and then eventually the ultimate goal, which is communism. Which all men would give up their individual identity and we would become an international beehive. So, you know, this is a very political idea, which I think goes to exactly why much of our elite establishment embraces it so fervently. It's the very cornerstone of their faith.
0: You're, definitely, you're completely right. You have very powerful evidences. You're right. I mean, for example, Adolf Hitler said, Take away Nordic Germans, nothing remains but the dance of apes. And he, he used uh, Darwinism. As the so-called scientific justification for bloody Nazi and uh, fascist ideologies, because as you say, Charles Darwin said in his book *The Descent of Man*. He said, at some future period, not very distant measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. And according to Charles Darwin, as you know, the white European man was the most evolved animals, and all other uh, races—Blacks, Suburgians, Pakistanis, including Turks. Uh, our lower races close to monkeys, and they'll be <clears throat> exterminated, and these ideas, of course, were taken from Charles Darwin applied into the fascism and Nazi ideology as fascism, the struggle between the races, and into the Marxism by Karl Marx as the yes. struggle and fight between uh, classes, and he used Darwinism as the, uh, the dialectics of the nature, and uh, he built on the Marxism on top of that as dialectics of the history, and he used Darwinism as a so-called scientific justification of Marxism. In, for example, uh, Karl Marx said in one of the letters to, he wrote to Engels, "This is the basis in natural history for our view." And he Yes, yeah, uh, I, I have
1: that in my book too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. my yeah. guest is Dr. Okta yeah. Babuna from Istanbul. You were talking about uh, the influence of Darwinism right now in the Islamic world, and that uh, Dr. Babuna has been giving a lot of public speeches both in Turkey and in Europe. Uh, you're welcome to join the conversation. Three four seven three two seven. 9849 that number again is 3473279849 please stay tuned Babuna is my guest Uh, This being a news driven program I should mention a breaking story here Suicide bombing at U.S. Embassy in Turkey Kills two Turkey's Prime Minister says An outlawed Marxist group Is responsible for a suicide bombing In front of the U.S. Embassy in Ankara Which killed the bomber And a Turkish security guard Just uh, thought we would uh, announce that I don't really We could maybe develop the story um, as, As the program proceeds Dr. Akhtar Babuna is my guest. Uh, Dr. Babuna, you are going around and speaking on this topic quite vociferously, and I really admire that. Can you tell me how people are responding to you?
0: Well, actually, uh, it's, uh, it's a long struggle of Mr. Adnan Akhtar from Turkey since 30 years. And mm-hmm. we've, uh, we sent uh, mailed hundreds of thousands of copies of Aplat of Creations throughout the world to prominent. Uh, academicians to the universities, politicians in Europe and in the United States, free of charge. And that had a lot of impact, and I gave more than 1,000 conferences in major universities in U.S., U.K., Europe, Germany, Far East, Indonesia, Malaysia, Israel, Australia, Japan. So mm-hmm. the response is very, very good. It's getting Darwinism is uh, going down, definitely, no question about that. And people are becoming more religious because if you put in the subconscious mind of the people, that there is no creator life emerged by chance, and you owe your existence to uh, chance, uh, by natural, to the natural event, uh, to, to the random events. of course, this inevitably, with the, the concepts of Darwinism, struggle for survival, survival of the fittest, and the strong individuals survive by crushing the weak individuals, it leads right. violence and the terror. But if you put in, the, uh, in the, the scientific evidences, it will definitely eradicate Darwinism, and people will understand that it is a creator because the complexity of the and the immaculate, delicate balances throughout the universe shows that it is a creator which is almighty and has an omnipotent mind and omnipotent power. That means, of course, we are responsible. And then, of right. course, we find out how, uh, to do it according to uh, moral values such as, for example, uh, justice, peace, tolerance and compassion, mercy, love against all other people. And this is in three divine religions, in Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, it is the same. There is no difference in that point. So we live in the same God, we love the same prophets, there is compassion, mercy, love, tolerance, and justice. You just spoke of, for example, there, is a, there was an attack, we were sorry about that, to the American Embassy in Turkey. But yeah. this is because of, because of Darwinist education. You talked about the Marxist group. But if you put in the subconscious mind, Darwinism, it in inevitably leads to violence and the terror, you cannot stop that. But we know, for example, in Islam, Murdering one innocent person, Allah says, is like murdering entire humanity. Saving yes. one person is saving entire humanity. So there is no justification for terrorism. There is no justification for killing, murdering innocent people in Islam. It is haram. That means it is unlawful against the Quran. So you know radicalism and bigotry uh, has emerged in throughout the Islamic world that are uh, so called Islamic terrorists. But there is no Islamic terrorist. Well, well let, me ask you, let
1: me ask you what this, Dr. Babuda. Do you draw a yeah. connection between the influence of Darwinism and Islamic terrorism?
0: Well, the, uh, Islamic terrorism is a misconception. Actually, terrorism originates from Darwinism because, as you know, in the Muslim countries, because of Darwinist education, Palestine has become Marxist Arab socialism. Okay. At the time of George Habash was a Marxist, as you know.
1: I Saddam know, yeah. was
0: Marxist mentality and uh, combined extreme nationalism with Arab socialism, which is Marxism. Libya, Qaddafi, yep. is Marxist. Diverse, well, the, the Baath
1: Socialist movement is um, is a mix between Islam, which they keep around for, for window dressing, and, and socialism, and that is the political movement that gave birth to Qaddafi, to Assad, who is still a Baal Socialist, and Saddam exactly. Hussein. So, yes, I, I definitely yes,
0: agree. Exactly. I and mean, the Syria, uh, Marxist mentality is prevailing. And also in Egypt, Nasser, because of uh, since Nasser's time, Marxist mentality, Jordan, Tunisia... Everywhere, wherever you look, you see uh, Darwinist materialist and Marxist mentality prevailing. So people distance away from religious concepts, radicalism and extremism has emerged, and because of Marxist ideologies, violence, terror has emerged. But that does not have to do with the Islam, true Islam. In true Islam, the people of the book, Christians and Jews are called people of the book, and you cannot have enmity and hatred against them. Actually, Allah says, monasteries, churches, synagogues are the places, mosques are the places to be protected. And Allah says, with the people of the world, argue with them only in the kindest way. And Muslim men are allowed to marry uh, Jewish and Christian wives. We can mm-hmm. eat your meal. It's halal for Muslims. It's lawful. So we can socialize with them. And if you, know, uh, if you might remember, at the time of the Ottoman Empire, we lived yep. in peace with Jews and Christians for centuries. And the synagogues and churches, they had the freedom of worship. Well, the Ottoman Empire
1: was, was very peaceful up until the time that the young Turks, who were Marxist, they uh, they took over and they they made the sultan into a figurehead and then they launched a genocide against the Armenians. So, I think that you make a very good point on that. I mean, it certainly is an aberration of traditional Islam, and that uh, and also the mullahs that surround the Ayatollah Khomeini, a lot of them. And I did some some research on this for a book that I'm hoping to publish soon. That uh, that they were trained in Moscow. They were communists. Dressed, exactly. in, dressed in dressed in traditional islamic garb to make it look you know i mean it, it, it was it was the same ideology but the, but the underlying philosophical theme there is that the only morality in in the theory of evolution is the the famous statement survival of the fittest what right. power begets power the whole idea is to to gain earthly power and then to transform mankind into a superior being, whether it be the, the the Nazi version, which is a superior being biologically, or whether it be the communist version, which is a superior being socially or, or politically. There is now, no basic yes, moral underpinning. The, human beings are this expendable. We're not created in the image of God. We're just animals that are evolving. This is fascinating. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Now. Um, now you're
1: Dr. Babuna, I mean, have you, have you uh, encountered a lot of resistance from your speeches? Because I know that you've been speaking on this topic in college campuses across Europe, across Asia. What's going on with that? I mean, uh, are you are you experiencing uh, what sort of opposition are you experiencing?
0: Yes, uh, you're right. I mean, at the, at the beginning we had a lot of opposition, but now it's getting weaker and weaker, and it become much more powerful because we give scientific evidences. I mean, for example, if, uh, if I talk about Darwinism, we talk mm-hmm. about proteins. For, of course, uh, we check if the proteins can emerge by chance or not. If for a single protein molecule to emerge by chance, it is impossible. There are trillions of different protein molecules in the millions of species. And uh, out of the trillions of protein molecules, single protein molecule cannot emerge by chance because other proteins, at least 100 enzymes, proteins, must exist to produce proteins. Proteins can only be produced by proteins this is not enough DNA must coexist because right sequence of the protein is coded in the DNA this is not enough nope. energy is required and mitochondria the energy organelle of the cell must exist a complete living cell must exist to produce the first protein and this is a fatal role to Darwinism so if you give scientific evidences people are convinced very easily that's the reason why uh, uh, people are, uh, uh, the Darwinism is getting, uh, going down and. We, we know there are many polls throughout the world, in the United States, in Europe, in the United Kingdom. For example, in 2008, there was a poll uh, published in The Guardian, and they said 75 of, uh, 75% 75 of the British people do not believe in Darwinism anymore. Only 25% oh, of the British people.
1: I'm sorry? No, that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's substantial. I mean, it, it seems to be yes. a growing movement. That's great. Yeah, that was 2008.
0: They said... Only 25% of the people believe, without any doubt, any question, into Darwinism. So you see, Darwinism was the most, uh, strongest in the United Kingdom. Now, it is, it is very weak now, getting weak. And in the Middle East, the same way, and the Far East, wherever we look, we, we see that. Because scientific evidences cannot uh, cannot be denied. It is... Sci- That's right. Of course,
1: since mean, I, I, don't I don't think science, that. The- and i don't think darwinism was ever something that was embraced by most people it was always an elitist establishment view uh very much uh, in the amongst the the, the powerful and that uh, it's been indoctrinated i mean we're all taught darwinism from a very early age and we also get the message pretty clearly at least in this country that if you disagree with it then you know you're you're seen as um Somehow, a, 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 an ignorant or evil person. I mean, this goes back to the Scopes trial and the way people were portrayed in that movie that uh, disagreed with, um, you know, the the position of um, uh, of Clarence Darrow and, and uh, John Scopes, that they're ignorant, that they're backward. I know that when I ran for Congress, I had a very bitter, long campaign against Barney Frank, and we brought up all kinds of issues. But the only time I saw him get angry was when he brought up the fact on a on a television show here in Boston that I had written an article years earlier questioning the theory of evolution. He was visibly angry over this. He looked like he was going to blow a gasket over it. And, and, and it was because it was something that's so fundamental. And he held it up and, and said, this is proof that Chuck Morse does not deserve to hold public office. He believes this. I mean, this is like – yeah, you know, and unfortunately, a lot of people believed him. You know, they were like, "Yes, isn't that?" It was shocking. You know, it was, it's like a scandal, and yeah, uh, you know, that's that's sort of I think what we're all up against here. But when you tell me that more and more people are actually taking a look at the science of this and seeing how bizarre it is, I mean, the idea first of all that man, that human, that life in general, somehow just popped out of nowhere because of the colliding of two inanimate objects. And then somehow out of that life evolves these complex creatures just by, by mating. I mean, it's obviously absurd. It's, it's something that doesn't make any sense by, by, any, you know, by any lights. So, you know, you're doing a great job, I think, uh, Octar, in terms of exposing this. And I, it looks to me like you're having a lot of influence, and I really appreciate that. Now, do you have any books out that you'd like to talk about, or where can people get information about you and your work?
0: Yes. And, uh, for, first of all, the, the website of uh, Mr. Harun Yahya. Harun Yahya is his pen name, actually, Mr. Adnan Oktar. He has 300 books, translated to 75 languages, and 800 websites. The main website for information would be www.harunyahya.com dot com Harun Yahia dot com and I will uh, start it actually H A R U N H A H I'm sorry H A R U N Y A H Y A Harun dot com take it uh, our uh, brothers and sisters there can download his books uh, free of charge all the and, uh, hundreds of documentaries and three hundred books and uh, some of them are science politics and uh, religiously related actually so um, and they can read them, increase their knowledge, and uh, please spread this truth to other people because Darwinism is not an innocent ideology. It's, it's actually a religion. Now, I want to read a quote from Richard Dawkins, actually. Dawkins please. said, before Darwin, before Darwin it was difficult to be an intellectually fulfilled atheist, and Darwin made it easy to become an intellectual atheist. And that is the reason why Darwinism is defended against so many scientific evidences. And there is a, yes. you know, as, as you uh, uh, talked about a little while ago, there is a Darwinist dictatorship. Of course, uh, we know that. And in, some, uh, you know, in the schools, for example, people are against Darwinism. They are expelled from universities. They, you know, in the, in the media, there will be an attack. That is true. There is a Darwinist dictatorship. To protect Darwinism nonsense is like a religion and an ideology. But with the scientific struggle, it can be eradicated, and that's the reason uh, our alliance is very important, alliance of the Christian Jews, and Muslims coming together. This will solve all the conflicts, actually, in the Middle East, everywhere. It will bring a golden age. It will bring uh, progress in science, technology, and arts. It eradicates this ideology of violence and the terror and the bloodshed. In the 20th century, everybody suffered from that. World War I, World War II, communism, mo- fascism, and, and then uh, racism, anarchism, terrorism—all founded upon the concepts of Darwinism. However, in true divine religion, there is compassion, mercy, love, tolerance, justice. What is that we cannot share? There is enough land for everybody in the world. So let's ally together. Even the unbelievers are—they uh, they are the first-class citizens. Of course, nobody can force anybody to believe in anything. So with our alliance, good people coming together, like yourself, for example. Thank you very much, you in this program. It is very good, actually. And so we will live in peace, in compassion, mercy, love, and everybody will be happy from that.
1: No, look, at. I mean, I think, first of all, we have to realize that in the United States, um, Darwinism, the theory of evolution, that is the state religion. It's legal here. That was declared as such by the Supreme Court in several court cases and by the state of, uh, first by the state of Tennessee and then eventually by the Supreme Court. And the way they did this in the United States was that they simply declared Darwinism as a science, not as a religion, and therefore it is the legal doctrine. It's the official creation story in the United States, and to 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 oppose it is actually um, at least certainly in our school systems and in our public schools, you're, you're going against the law now. You're not allowed to present any alternative creation theories. There's only one creation theory, and that's the theory of evolution um, but uh, but what you 're saying is that uh, that that in spite of this kind of um, monopoly, if you will on, on this particular point of view, people are beginning to question it i 've advocated in my book that that uh, the theory of evolution be taught as a philosophy, and creationism also be taught as a philosophy, not as a religion. And let them be. Let let students take a look at the two different philosophies and let them compare and contrast them, and let them argue about it, rather than trying to insist that Darwinism is science when there's not a shred of proof. And um, I think that uh, that seems to me generally to be where things are going. I hope it is.
0: Yes, I definitely agree with you. And Mr. Ivanov says Darwinism should be definitely taught in the schools. So you, you right. cannot. You cannot force anybody to uh, from uh, learning from something. He says also Marxism should be taught in the schools, Fascism should be taught in the schools, sat- Satanism, Buddhism, and all three divine religions should be taught in the schools. But if you teach Darwinism in detail, for example, they can he says it, they can put it in like hundred pages uh, talking about Darwinism, and then only three four pages for uh, evidences which falsify Darwinism is enough for impossibility. Well, I don't even they think they, they have,
1: have that chance. I'm sorry? I mean, there's not even that much in, in, in the, the school system in the United States. There's just no questioning it at all. It's just presented as hard science. People are taught know, this yeah. how the world began, and that's that. I mean, a, to question it is still a big, big taboo, as I found out. It's just, uh, it's just not done. Now, uh, the, the theory of evolution has, has made major inroads in, in religion, certainly in Judaism and Christianity, and I would imagine Islam as well. I mean, how are they doing
0: that? Well, uh, there is nothing about evolution in the Quran. There is always examples of sudden creation in the Quran. For example, the transformation of uh, Moses' staff uh, when he throws this on, this on the ground, it transforms into a living snake all of a sudden with the word "be" of God. And then Jesus gives the shape uh, to a model like a bird and breathes into that in the Quran. It's stated and it transforms into a living bird. And then, and their angels are created. Of course, they they are not created through evolution. There is nothing about evolution in the Quran. Mm. What some Muslims uh, fall into the trap? They see Darwinism as a majority, and they try to find a middle path in between Darwinism and Islam. And they try to twist uh, by trying by twisting some verses in the Quran. They try to put evolution in the Quran, but there is nothing about evolution in the Quran. And we know this from the scientific evidence. There are 400 million fossils. 400 million fossils, more than enough. But there are no transitional forms. No transitional transitions.
1: You know, it's, it's quite, it, that's quite a statement, I suppose, for a Muslim you could say, exactly show me where in the Quran does it mention the theory of evolution. And, and I as a Jew could say where in the Torah. I don't know if I could get away with that in my community, but uh, where in the Torah does it say the theory of evolution? It says that uh, we have, and by the way, science, a lot of geneticists now say, speaking of science, that they believe that all of mankind is descended from one mother. They call it the mitochondrial Eve, and more recently from one father whom they call the Y chromosome atom. So if, if we're going to talk science and strict science, there's actually more scientific evidence from the th- field of genetics that point to at least a, um, an image of or an approximation of the, of the genesis story nothing that indicates that we simply life formed out of the crashing together of dead objects and and that as darwin said we all sort of emerged out of a warm small pond i mean that's a i mean the whole idea is preposterous if you think about it like if you take a look out of the microscope of, a, of the eye of a bee you're going to see thousands of perfectly geometrically shaped shapes and colors all laid out absolutely perfectly uh you know Darwin himself in his in his uh, diary said that the sight of a peacock's feather made him sick and the reason it made him sick was because when you take a look at one single peacock's feather with all of its perfectly aligned and intricate uh shapes all you know absolutely perfect with the colors you cannot believe that that simply happened because of random mating there's something there's obviously some kind of a design to it Maybe even an intelligent design. Anyway, yes. Uh, yes. I want to. See, life, yeah, please. Yeah, life. Life
0: emerged all of a sudden. The first cyanobacteria fossil, which is found in the Australian Church region, emerged all of a sudden in three point eight billion years ago. Three point eight billion years ago, cyanobacteria, which can do photosynthesis, we, can, we have cyanobacteria today, so they never changed for three point eight billion years. Emerges all of a sudden, which can do photosynthesis. And in fact, this is the only explanation because we know from the genetics and molecular biology there is no mechanism that Allah created, uh, this is a scientific fact, which can generate new genetic information. So we have all the living things with all of the complexities all of a sudden. For example, at the Cambrian period, about 525 million years ago, 540 million years ago, 50 different phylums, phylums mean different animal groups according to body structure, appear all of a sudden, all before the Cambrian period, only three phylum exist. In Cambrian, 50 of them exist. All of a sudden, these complex eye systems, circulations, gills appear all of a sudden, and they decrease up to 35 until now. So this is, this is of course, uh, creation. Sudden appearance means creation. Cyanobacteria, the first life, appears all of a sudden. And that is the reason why Richard Dawkins was asked, in the movie Expelled, to explain the origin of life. You know what he said in, in this uh, movie? He couldn't okay. explain the origin of life in the Earth. He said, uh, I don't know what happened, but he said, aliens, aliens from the space. Oh, my God, really? Oh, that's means He admitted that life could not emerge by chance like evolution states in the Earth, but we know the physical laws everywhere is the same. So impossibility of life to uh, in this Earth is everywhere the same in the galaxies. Proteins cannot emerge by chance anywhere in the universe. That means he admitted life could not emerge by chance.
1: Well, you know, he was kind of admitting that it had to have occurred spontaneously. Even Noam Chomsky, right here at MIT, who is considered one of the nation's experts in linguism, as, as, an, as a linguist, excuse me, he said, and I actually actually said it on my program, I interviewed him, that all language occurred spontaneously. It didn't evolve. Yes. Somehow it just happened instantaneously, all men, all over the world, they they were they they had the ability to speak and they began to speak, and I asked him. I said, "Doesn't that seem to indicate that the uh, the Bible is true?" And he's, "Oh no 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 no, of course not. We, we we have theory of evolution, but but he didn't really connect those dots. But what you're saying and what what the Bible says basically is that these things were that we are who we are and we were who we were. That a man today is no different than." Than Moses or Jesus or or, or any, any anyone going way back, we're not evolved. We are the same. I mean, the fact that we're bigger and they were fatter and they were healthier, that's not because we've evolved. It's because we have more knowledge in terms of how to save our own lives. We know how to build refrigerators and we know how to build superhighways and we've made life easier for us. We don't have to hunt for food all the time, but we're not evolved biologically. We're the same. We're the same people as we always were. And that there is, you know, we're immutable. I mean, that we're created in the image. It's not an evolving species.
0: Yes. We know from genetics and molecular biology, as I stated, there is no mechanism which uh, generates new genetic information. So there is only mechanism from genetics and molecular biology, the shuffling of the genes, which, which means the shuffling of the genes, different combination of genetic information is generated, but all already existing genetic information, and that generates variation. Different human races, for example, the blacks, Orientals, whites, white people. So, but this is not evolution because there is no new genetic information, and genetic information is the same from the very beginning. I know Noam Chomsky. Yes, he <clears throat> he admitted actually in his books that you're right, that the language, uh, language the language grammar the gram ability for to speak with the grammar. He says grammar is so complex we cannot even explain it must have been innate from the birth. So, uh, for example, three, four-year-old child speaks, to, uh, uh, speaks English, speaks Turkish, or speaks French with a very complex grammar, but it's not, by, by, uh, it's not thought by the parents or anybody else. You cannot teach grammar to anybody because you cannot explain the grammar. So, chomsky actually admits that yes. this must be innate. That um, that's like uh, uh, something inspired uh, th- this grammar to people, and that is our soul, actually. You know, that, must act, right. that makes us different from the apes. You know, what? we can speak, we can make civilizations, we can build cities, we can take a microscope and do this on reason. our own. Touch- because we are humans with soul. Apes are apes, right. humans. And are when soul-
1: Adam named the when Adam named the plants and he named the animals, that was the beginning of human reason. I mean, it was something that happened spontaneously. But uh, I've interviewed, uh, Oktar, I've interviewed scientists. I mean, I've done a lot of programming on this topic over the years, and people who are defenders of evolution. And what they do is they'll hold up two different species, like two different fruit flies. And there'll there'll be a big scientific peer review article about this. And they'll say, look, one of them has spots and the other one doesn't. This proves evolution. And and my, my response is it doesn't prove anything. All it proves is that they're two different fruit flies. But, you know, they will eventually admit – I mean, they may be yelling at me and screaming and kicking, and they may even hang the phone, but they will eventually admit that there is no proof that one has evolved into a superior uh, member. This just, And that's because there is no proof, and uh, it's very important simply to point that out. And But when you do, the at- reaction can be pretty uh, bombastic, I must say.
0: Yes. I mean, we know today in detail – in genetics and molecular biology, there is only mechanism of shuffling of the genetic information. And through through the replication of the DNA, the genetic information is passed from generation to generation, but it's shuffled in in individuals and in the the groups in the subspecies level. And that generates variation, but variation is not evolution because there is no new genetic information, no new proteins, no new organs, no new species. It is it is a mechanism created by God uh, that generates variation, which is for example there are smaller dogs, that are German Shepherds, there are mm-hmm. uh, Danawas, there are larger ones. But this is variation at the subspecies level. There is no new de- genetic information, and this genetic No, it's adaptation.
1: Been- it's, it's adaptation, which is why, for example, some people have darker skin than other people because they live. Their ancestors lived closer to the equator. And so you need to have darker skin to protect you from these sun rays. Whereas if you live up in the, you know, in Norway, you have lighter skin because there's a there's less sun, and there's a longer, you know, winter. So you your body your skin needs to absorb more sun. So you, you know it's this is not, it's not a, a matter of evolution unless of course you're a racist. I mean it's simply a matter of adaptation. You're ad- adapting over time to the environment. It's not. Uh, anything more than that. I mean, this is, you know, biologically speaking, genetically speaking, we're the same. I mean, the, you know, the, the Laplander is the same as the, uh, you know, as someone from the Congo. There's no difference. It's just it's just a, a different adaptation.
0: Yes. We know today, uh, which makes us with different skin colors, is at least three genes, probably more than that, maybe five right. genes. Uh, we don't know the exact number. And different combination of these genes, they are called alleles, actually, Different combination of these genes generates different skin color, but these genes have been existing from the very beginning. There is no mechanism that can generate new genetic information. There is only replication and shuffling of the genes, and this genetic information, which may give the skin colors, has been existing from the very beginning. Of course, this is not uh, evolution. Adaptation is, there is mechanisms of adaptation created. We know this genetically also today from microbiology. For example, if you put a bacteria in an environment where there is glucose, the bacteria uses they call operons actually uh, the gene groups close together which metabolizes glucose. But if you take this bacteria, for example E. coli, put in another environment where there is only lactose but no no glucose, this bacteria shuts down the genes which produces the enzymes to metabolize glucose, and instead it uh, opens up another genetic uh, information which uses lactose as a metabolite, metabolizes lactose, produces the proteins enzymes which and metabolizes lactose This is called adaptation But the mechanism of adaptation is the, This genetic information Which produces the proteins Metabolized the glucose and lactose Exists from the very beginning It only shuts, on, uh, shuts off uh, or, or on uh, When, when there is an environment There is glucose or lactose But this right. is not evolution This is a beautiful mechanism created by God And this uh, mechanism of adaptation uh, uh, Exists in all the living beings
1: that's right. I mean, it doesn't. It's not. A, it doesn't evolve. It's just part of the nature of human beings and and probably of animals. It's not something that we've got more of or less of. And you know, I, I like to remind people that the word to evolve means to become superior. It's to become better. It's not a uh, a static term. You know, when somebody evolves, like they said, Barack Obama evolved on the issue of gay marriage. Which whether you or I agree with that or not, the point is that what they were saying was. He had grown. He had become more enlightened, if you will. And so the word evolve is used in that manner, and that's exactly how Darwin used the word, that the species was evolving into superior planes, whereas eventually out would pop a new species. That's what this theory is, and it's wrong. It's bizarre, and it's dangerous politically. When you put it into a political and social context, it's dangerous. I think the reason why our, our international establishment types have embraced this and have insisted on it is because it does it is atheistic it does replace god in heaven with uh, in people's minds anyways with them as the uh, great administrators and they can then manipulate they believe all rights come from them i mean rights are not rights they're privileges that are granted by the state which they worship anyway but um i want to thank you so much for joining me dr okta babuna
0: Thank you very, very much. And uh, I love Americans. Americans are very nice people, sincere people, highly educated. And, you know, the majority of Americans are very religious people. So I hope of words, without Darwinism, you know what Richard Dawkins said recently? He said, I don't want to live in a Darwinist world, he said. And he is right in that. Because <laughs> Darwinism, wherever Darwinism goes in, it brings only harm to the, to the society. It brings uh, harm to the people. So uh, behold, there's a golden age that's coming. We're living in the end times according to three divine religions. And Jesus is our prophet. We love him, we obey him, and in the Quran it is definitely stated Jesus will return in the end times, and this is the times we are living in. And the messiah of Islam and the King Messiah of Judaism is the same person. Because the signs given in the Torah and the Hadith are exactly the same. So, this is the times, end times, because all the signs came to be true, given in the Hadith and in the Torah, in the Bible, and there will be a golden age without Darwinism and materialism and without these uh, ideologies of uh, suffering and uh, violence and the terror. So, a golden age is coming with progress in science, technology, and arts. So, this is the time for an alliance of the Christian, Jews, and Muslims, and this entire world will change. And this is very close by the whole.
1: Well, amen to that. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to please stay in touch with me and let me know what you're up to from time to time. I'd like to have you back. and I'll be sending you over a podcast of this interview, and let's uh, let's work together on these things. Definitely. And, uh, Thank
0: you very, very much. May God bless you.
1: May God, God bless America. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Oktar Babuna. We are, you're listening to Chuck Morse Speaks. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you. Three four seven three two seven nine eight four nine three four seven three two seven nine eight four nine, If you'd like to get in on the final segment, I want to thank again Dr. Oktar Babuna for joining me from Istanbul. Um, Dr. Babuna, in case you haven't noticed, is an activist on behalf of creationism. He's an opponent of Darwinism, He is speaking in his own home country of Turkey and in Europe. At colleges, and he's uh, talking to people about simply the fact that uh, the theory of evolution is not proven, it's not hard science, and once one comes to that conclusion, then it opens up possibilities in a lot of other areas as well. And of course, I want to take a quick opportunity to mention my book, my book, my book, The Monkey Trial Evolutionary Politics in the Post Traditional Age, now available on Amazon Kindle. It's only $3.75. I shouldn't say only. That's actually a lot of money. But $3.75, you can order it, and it comes right to you into your Kindle uh, or any other Android device. And also there's my latest book, which is uh, The Counter Fabians, Republicans in the Age of Obama. This is my commentary on post-election after the defeat of Mitt Romney this last November. And, by the way, I mean, speaking of which, and that's also available on Amazon Kindle for $2.99. The economic indices are not good. Apparently, people were just hit with a new Social Security tax. I wonder if those same people who are complaining about that and grumbling, I wonder, did they vote for Barack Obama? I bet you a lot of them did. Um, You know, elections have consequences. Had Mitt Romney won the election, we wouldn't be having These big um, increases in taxes because, or at least we would less likely have them. We might, but, you know, it wasn't, it was something that at least he ran on uh, in terms of not having. And if he had been elected, he would have been, uh, you would have had the Republicans in Congress empowered. We wouldn't be seeing them demonized as obstructionists and as um, causing gridlock. Instead, we'd be listening to them. They do represent their constituents. And we wouldn't have this tax increase. We wouldn't see the phenomena. Uh, And I think this coming year we're going to see the effects of Obamacare and how much it's going to cost everybody. Um, I didn't read the article, but there was a headline in the Drudge report that said that Obamacare is going to cost, according to the IRS, every taxpayer $20,000 a year. Let me just see if I can find that. Uh, Yeah, Here it is. Uh, This is from – IRS, cheapest Obamacare plan will be $20,000 per family. This is from CNS News today. In a final regulation issued on Wednesday, the Internal Revenue Service assumed that under Obamacare, the cheapest health insurance plan available in 2016 for a family will cost $20,000 a year. Now, that's not coming up right now because this is 2013, but... uh, I think that the bad news is going to become more apparent as the years go on and as these various things kick in. Now, that's, again, from President Obama's IRS. That's not some right-wing group. It's not you know, a conservative thing. This is the IRS saying this yesterday in a report. It says as follows. Under Obamacare, Americans will be required to buy health insurance or pay a penalty to the IRS, The IRS's assumption that the cheapest plan for a family will cost $20,000 a year is found in examples the IRS gives to help people understand how to calculate the penalty they will need to pay the government if they do not buy a mandated health plan. Now, mandated health plan, I assume, is something that involves a plan that's been approved by the government. The examples point to families of four and families of five. Okay, well, maybe that's not a big increase from what they're paying now, but I have a feeling it is. Both of which the IRS expects in its assumptions to pay a minimum of $20,000 a year. The annual individual national average bronze plan premium for a family of five with two adults and three children will be $20,000, the regulation says. Bronze will be the lowest tier health insurance plan available. In other words, It could be more than that under Obamacare after silver, gold, and platinum. Under the law, the penalty for not buying health insurance is supposed to be capped at either the annual average bronze premium, 2.5% of taxable income, or $2,085 per family in 2016, which doesn't seem to – well, I mean, I don't know if that's a far cry from $20,000, even though at the beginning of the article they say that it would be pegged to the bronze plan – which they say is $20,000, so that's a little confusing. The whole thing is confusing. In the new final rules published on Wednesday, IRS set in law the rules for implementing the penalty Americans must pay if they fail to obey Obamacare, the mandate to buy insurance. To help illustrate these rules, the IRS presented examples of different situations family might, families might find themselves in In the examples, the IRS assumes that families of five who are uninsured would need to pay an average of $20,000 a year to purchase a bronze plan in 2016. Using the conditions laid out in the regulations, the IRS calculates that a family earning $120,000 a year that did not buy insurance would need to pay the penalty, and that penalty would be um, $2,400 in 2016, For those wondering how clear the IRS calculations of this new penalty rule are, here is one of the actual examples. And then the article goes on to give various examples. Um, You know, to my way of thinking, this is a little confusing, but nevertheless, it's going to be kicking in in its full force in 2016 as opposed to now, which uh, brings up an issue of how Congress and crafts laws – I mean, you would think that um, by conventional standards, if they were going to pass a law, the law would take effect immediately, or very, or as soon as possible, as soon as the regulations and the actual agency could be drawn up, which could be, I don't know, three months, six months, not five years later. I mean, it seems very deceptive to me that they would would do this and they would sort of implement it in 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 tiers. Uh, it doesn't give people a chance to really know, first of all, what they what they were voting for because they don't actually feel the results. A more honest situation would be for people to feel the effects of a law immediately or as soon as possible so they can then know whether or not they would support it. Um, in the words of Attorney General Harry Dougherty, who served in the Coolidge administration, the best way to get rid of a bad law is to enforce it. And that's what I think is going to start happening here. Unemployment rate is back up to 7.9%. Um, 8,500 8, Americans left the labor force in Obama's first term. Um, the um, They say 170,000 new jobs were created in January, but they also say here that 350,000 jobs were lost in January. So you do the math. You know, I mean, it's sort of like interesting to me because I'm listening to NPR now a lot here in Boston now that all the other talk show hosts were stripped off the air. And I heard an economist yesterday talk about this being good news, you know, somehow that uh, they're trying to give a positive spin to the fact that unemployment is now sitting at 7.9 uh, percent. That I don't know how they twisted it, but somehow this was a sign of good news. Um, You know, this is uh, you know this is the official media. I mean, I don't think that uh, they get away with it now more in Boston because they've taken the other talk shows off the air. And um, I suppose that people are going to listen to that and they're going to say they're going to shake their head and say, oh good, this is great news. Anyway, what else is going on? Massive revisions to the earlier numbers. We now know that um, the fourth quarter reports were released actually on Monday of this week and they indicated that the economy had shrank in the fourth quarter of 2012 and we also know that that was completely contradicting the fact that one week before the election we got reports coming out of the, out of the out of the media that said that the economy had improved which were lies obviously uh you know they i suppose that uh the economists or, or people who wanted to not see the election affected They waited until after the election. They waited until after the inauguration. And now here on a quiet news day, they've released the bad news, which is that the economy did not grow in the fourth quarter of 2012. It shrank. You know, the job numbers went up. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was stagnant. The gross national product went down. You know, the general economic indices were flat. But... You know, I suppose that nationally they do what the Boston Globe and what they used to always do in Boston. And I've observed, been observing Boston for over, you know, probably twenty years. They wait till after an election before they release the bad news. You know, I mean, you know, they they did this in the 2010 election here in Massachusetts. It didn't happen in the rest of the country, where you saw these great glowing stories about how wonderful the Massachusetts economy was doing and how businesses are expanding. And then after the election and after Deval Patrick is safely back in office and after the Democratic congressional delegation, which is made up of cookie cutters, that they're all nicely ensconced, then in December on a cold day they release the truth, which is that the economy stinks, and they release the figures. But it was interesting how it was held uh, abeyance until after the election. That is typical of Massachusetts politics, but I think it's interesting that it's becoming somewhat of the norm nationally. Ultimately, I don't think they're going to get away with it. I think that the economy is going is, is facing some very difficult times, unfortunately, in these coming years. And uh, I predict that this time around, President Obama and the Democrats are not going to get away with <clears> – <throat> they're not going to get away with blaming poor old George Bush. <clears throat> Bush has gone back to his ranch. In Texas, a long time ago, his, his ecologically modest ranch and his correct ranch, and they're gonna, he's going to get the blame for it because he deserves it. His policies have been negative in terms of uh, improving an economy. He has continued his main cause, his main championing, is how to raise taxes and how to increase the deficit by busting through the debt ceiling and printing, asking the Federal Reserve to print more money. There are going to be consequences for that, and they are going to be felt in the next couple of years. There's going to be, I think, an increase in unemployment. There's going to be more stagnation. And I think that this could mean that in the next midterm election, uh, people are going to say, okay, that's enough. We've had enough. And they're going to vote in in, in large numbers against um, Democratic candidates and against Obama's candidates. And that will be it. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's not something that any of us are happy about because we want to see the economy do better, but that that appears to be uh, the direction that things are going. Anyway, we're reaching toward the end of the program, so again I want to take a brief opportunity to mention my books available on Amazon Kindle, The Monkey Trial, Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age, The Count of Fabian's, Uh, Republicans in the Age of Obama, both available now on Amazon Kindle. Check them out. You can order them and you can download them onto any of your Android apps. Check out my blog site, ChuckMorseSpeaks.com. And I shall return, God willing, Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Boston. This is Chuck Morse. Have a nice afternoon, everybody.